Welcome to the Hunter's Hub event quest. This is host 420, joined by co-host Leo Reiser. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And Darth Tater. Sup? Doing good. It's not what I asked. No, I'm just... <laughs> um, uh, so, the uh, sky is up. <laughs> We're we're uh, we're doing doubling all your cards the set um, double masters so the master set except you get a bunch of double cards and there's a bunch of things about doubling things and copying things and yeah it looks really fun except it's all all reprints um, I'm gonna spoil it now on my list is not a hydra. There is a Hydra in the set. It's Savage Born Hydra, which is actually a really good one. Um, but I don't feel it was interesting enough, I guess. Like, it's the only Hydra that naturally has Double Strike. Shrug. Like. Um, but anyways, we're going to be doing uh, three cards each tonight. Because it is reprints, and most people are kind of going to already know what these cards are. Um, I will say I had no idea any of the three cards that I just that I picked um, because I'm just not as versed in the uh, history of the game as as uh, you guys here. So um, let's uh, start it out with Darth. What's your number one today? So I'm choosing one card, but it's kind of just overall happiness for a cycle, the reflection cycle. So I'm specifically choosing the black one, wound reflection. It's five and a black for an enchantment. At the beginning of each instep, each opponent loses life equal to the life they lost this turn. And it does remind you in parentheses, damage causes loss of life. It has a really cool artwork of, I assume we're supposed to think it's two different, yeah, there's a dagger in one hand and not. These two vampires kind of like manipulating blood and it says on the flavor text, the greater the suffering, the sweeter the taste. I just like, this goes into the realm of black slash black and red uncomfortable cards. I picked one up of the original copies a couple years ago, and it's just one of those cards I enjoy playing, because I don't even have to do anything. Other people hurting each other causes this to gain value. And there are a ton of spells that do things like half someone's life, or as uh, Fortuan will have war flashbacks of having a third of his life reduced five times or something like that. I'm not the one that had a problem with that. I'll be one else on the table, <laughs> But yeah, I'm, just, like, I'm really happy in Double Masters we get the Reflection Cycle, and Wound Reflection is probably the one that I'm most excited to have more copies of. Wound Reflection is really good. Yeah. I didn't see that it had new art. Uh, I will say I'm actually partial to the old art with the... Uh, what was it? The Cinders from yeah. Shadowmoor. But I really like that. I like that the reflection full cycle is back i like them as a concept even if the red one's kind of meh the green one getting a reprint is huge because uh yeah that card's expensive <laughs> yeah and considering that one more mana gives you triple mana is just how important it is to have you know consistency even though they're not exactly the same thing of, yeah uh, the nyx bloom triple nyx bloom nyx bloom it's just it just goes to show how much people are just just now realizing green is the best color. I think that's a pretty big consistency <laughs> that uh, green is probably the most powerful color in Commander, at least. It's definitely one of the definitely one of the big ones. It's not white. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Mm. 
Um, I, I like the card. It looks cool. It's new to me, so. I'm not for sure you've played against me in the deck I have that in, because I'm pretty sure it's in uh, the mono black deck I've had before. You may be overestimating my ability to remember cards. Certainly uh, a possibility. <laughs> I, I live for people groaning and shrugging after not realizing how, how nasty cards like that really are. Because you do have the... Oh, I'm struggling for it, but there's a sorcery from like War of the Spark that everyone loses half of their life. It does some other stuff too, I think. But since Wound Reflection only makes each opponent lose life again... Two-card combo. Yeah, there's, people are at even life totals. There's a few of those that um, that'll do it. Hit it, Sugu. Oh I yeah. Think he just taps to deal damage to each player equal to half their life total. And so you are not your own opponent. So swish. Yup. Just lock that one right in. So it's cool. I mean, it is definitely more in the the frame of combo as use, but I'm happy just to. Potentially even get to stare across the table, set one person's life to ten with Sora, and be like, yeah, you just lost 20. <laughs> yeah. Life total changes also count as a loss of life. Oh, no. Yeah. That might be a really fun inclusion with, uh, was it Tree of Perdition is the black tree? I guess to yep. swap its life with opponents. You know, it's always been, it was at 13, so Triskaidekaphobia was kind of a thing with it. But oh, I love Triskaidekaphobia. That was the one card I kept at work. It's real good. So yeah, that's happy the cycle's back. Like the card, like the I guess uncomfortable things it's gonna do <laughs> with more copies in circulation. All right, cool. Uh, Leah, what's your first one for tonight? First one I've got is Maelstrom Nexus. It is uh, a white, a blue, a black, a red, and a green for an enchantment that has the first spell you cast each turn has Cascade, which is when you cast your first spell, exile cards <laughs> from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less. You can cast it without paying its mana cost. Then you put the exiled cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. Getting to uh, <laughs> double up. Getting to double up on every spell that you cast uh, by finding the next cheapest one through your deck. The amount of value that you cha that you build up with this is huge. I also... One of my earliest commander decks was just a pile of five-color good stuff with Maelstrom Nexus and some other, like, other big five-color cards. It is yeah. just so much... Well, so much fun to cast this and then you just start casting big things and seeing what you what you cascade into and just burying your opponents under reckless amounts of value it doesn't even need to be good cards but when you're getting extra free spells tacked onto everything you do that require a second counter spell to be able to stop it's huge it on top of that the set that i started playing in was alara reborn mm -hmm. so the uh, the entire alara block is huge nostalgia waves for me and the maelstrom nexus being part of that because i remember seeing cards like this right when i first started the game and just being like oh wow like you have to be all five colors but you get to do all this cool stuff and just like my mind being blown on how strong this stuff was and then realizing later that okay you know maybe that's a few too many hoops to jump through but like it is still so worth it when you get to do something big and five color and stupid 
that's yeah. what commander's for. That's why e- I love it. Exactly. That's why I have a Alara foil of that that I ordered for the five color, you know, plays all the modal spells, Lucky Charms deck. Yeah. And yeah. It's probably I the remember. most fun thing to do. We're like, well, if I Sultai Charm to destroy your monocolor creature, then I might get an Azorius Charm. <laughs> like, <laughs> then I might get the Azorius Charm so I can can't. Well, charms are also great for that too because, like, sometimes you Maelstrom Nexus into a thing and what you hit, you just have no targets for, so you toss it in the bottom with everything else you just whip. Like, with a charm, you're pretty much always going to have an option that works when you cast it. I think my favorite with it is casting, like, a do-nothing. Um, trying to think of one of them. Like, Mardu Charm doesn't have really good, like, interact with spells on the stack effects. Yeah. But you, like, cast Mardu Charm. I'm going to make warriors that are going to have first strike this turn. And I'm kind of fishing for a two-mana something. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hit one of the counter, like trying to hit an is it charm? <laughs> yeah. So that that's, that's something really I really enjoy about Maelstrom Nexus. It's you know in much the same way of uh, oh what's his name the ogre. Oh, uh, y- the There's cascade ogre. Yidris, yeah, yeah, Yidris. Okay. <laughs> just like, I was like, hold on, I need more context than just the ogre. <laughs> it's a four color ogre. It's the only four color ogre. Um, well, yeah, okay. it's like it's a card I like a lot. It's uh, definitely goes in in the happy place of five color nonsense, and like I didn't even think about it. So you said it. I I do really appreciate that. Hey, if you cast one spell each turn, you are doubling your spells. Double master swish. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of the way this whole thing is. Like almost everything, you get to do something spicy. <laughs> they played the theme really well. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I've never I've never played a cascade deck or <sighs> spell. You are so. missing out. Let me tell you. Uh. Well. See, I, I was talking with Darth here for the Commander Knights. I'm talking about expanding my horizon some because I used to only play, um, Xenagos. Mm-hmm. And I got I started getting hated out not because my deck was good. It was because Someone who didn't understand, hey, you know, don't bring CEDH power level into our supposed to be casual yet competitive league. Basically the um, sins of another player that they don't play any deck without Mana Crypt, Mana Vault. It's a green yeah. deck, so he played his guy as Cradle. Like, that type of thing. Just I have these ten cards I play in every deck. Kind of, kind of feel to it. Sure. Yeah. So I, I'd get hated out because, like, oh, I know how bad that deck is, and like, trust me, it's nowhere. It's, it's not this. I promise I you. I don't have sneak attack. I don't have like, which is in this set, by the way. It is. <laughs> um, I don't have all that crazy stuff. It's just like, hey, here's some red green stuff that I think is cool and it's going to trample. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah. Well, uh, so my first pick for the night is actually going to be the commander for the next deck I build. Um, talking about expanding my horizons, which is uh, Geth, Lord of the Vault. That's a solid choice. Um, four black black for a legendary creature zombie. Uh, that's a five five. He has Intimidate, um, which you know most people know who that is. And then he has X and black. Uh, colon, which means just 
do this whenever. Uh, put target artifact or creature card with converted mana cost X from an, uh, an opponent's library, uh, not library, graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. The nat player mills X cards. Period. Tapped. So like tapped. Hmm. What? What are you talking about? He put, he puts the creature onto the battlefield. Tapped. Sure. Threw me off. All right. Yeah. <laughs> this and then they mill. Uh, the same amount of cards. Um, I love this card because it's a nice... It, the way I'm thinking of the deck is... Um, I, I saw this card and I was like, you know what? You could do some tricky stuff with this. You could sit there... If this is like my commander, I'm th- what I'm thinking of... like That's a high-cost commander, right? Six drop. But what I end up doing is what if I just have like a normal sort of like middle-of-the-road zombie deck, right? And I'll mm-hmm. obviously try to put as much as the good black stuff in that I can, like Herbolg and that kind of stuff. But essentially, here's a zombie deck that's going to do a bunch of zombie things. And then we have Geth as the commander. And Geth isn't really going to be helping out the zo- the other zombies. Geth is going to sit there and do his own thing. And, like, yeah, I'm just going to... Ta- I'm just going to pull stuff out of your graveyard to, to you know, to put, put on my battlefield. Oh, wait, you're that blue player that drew, like, 50 cards. Hmm, how much mana do I have? Yep, you're decking out today. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking, like, almost like a zombie mill theme. Yeah. Um, and I was like, it may not be the best idea, but it's 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 the first card in a long time it's that that has outside of Eryxmethes, which is also in this set that I was like, yeah, I, I want to do something with this. The Eryxmethes, to me, hilariously failed, but um, that's because I really wanted to stick more on point with the whole. It was like sea what, creature what I had, yeah, sea creature theme instead of just like general. You know, blue-green good stuff. It would have done better. If you had played, like, but, ten, ten more blue-green cards that are just good, the deck probably would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I didn't want to. Like, I, I didn't I didn't want to... I wanted to make it, like... Um, what, what What is it called? It's also in this set, and I hate it. It's, like... Cyclonic Rift, the deck, except I didn't use Cyclonic Rift. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know, like Scourge of Fleets and Whelming Wave and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that that left all the Leviathans and stuff in in play, and I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, this is this is the deck. I'm going to bounce all your stuff and swing in, and it just it didn't have enough gas and that kind of stuff. And yeah, and, and like Darth says, it just I didn't I didn't make a lot of choices that were just generally good cards to keep it going, so it was sort of clunky. And I was like, yeah, I kind of dropped it, but Geth Lord of the Vault is like. All right, I'm I'm driven. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna build a zombie deck. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna subvert it and try to mill at the same time. I really like anything that kind of circles back to punishing people for playing good cards that are maybe better than everyone else's. Because if you've got somebody that's all they're doing is cheating at Avengers or Zendikar or some other very threatening card that might also be in this set, Avison. <laughs> if it gets to the graveyard <laughs> and you get a ton of mana, I'm actually kind of, as we were talking, thinking oh, it'd be really cool to mill someone out by having, oh, a Phyrexian altar or a 
another sack outlet to just be able to revive something of theirs, maybe get some beneficial ETB triggers, and just keep sacking it to revive it to mill them, to sack it to revive it to mill them. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have to really appreciate any commander that my engine starts with a doom blade. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Something in your graveyard, <laughs> and then we're going crazy. If you have a pitiless plunderer and a uh, Ashnod's altar, then you could do that loop with any creature that's creature or artifact that CMC. Well, needs to be a creature for the pitiless plunder. Mm-hmm. Any creature that's two or less. And then just continuously loop that on them, and then they're gone. And I'm yep. a huge proponent of Pitiless Plunder and Ashnod's Altar and pretty much any mono black deck that I put together. <laughs> Especially the Plunder. So, yeah. That was really good. <laughs> um, I do believe if we put this together, it would also be my first monocolor commander deck. Outside of my very, very first, which was Animal on the Ruined Sage. Yeah. But, like, you know, we talked about this early last week, and it was basically, I like the idea of, I have a zombie deck that's a normal zombie deck, and eventually a creature strategy tends to get board wiped once or twice, and you start struggling. And I feel like he's a very good backbone to rebuild and or shift, because yeah, once you're late you game, a- you have a ton of mana, he does a lot. But he if you just you really curve out and base. cast him for six, mm, not as exciting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to take uh, take this deck somewhere. Don't know if it'll be the best deck ever, but I, I, I'm willing to expand my horizons. So there, there's that. Um, so Darth, what's your number two? Let me look at the list. We're, we're going down. <laughs> what is my number list? <laughs> what is my number two? We're, we're going down to colorless cards, picking Sword of Feast and Famine. Um, for those that aren't familiar, it is a three-cost artifact equipment with Equip 2. Equip creature mm-hmm. gets plus 2, plus 2, and has protection from black and green. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card, and you untap all lands you control. Mm-hmm. And of the swords, You've used this I'm happy the swords are back. Uh, I like to use this in decks. I will say, in Commander, I do feel Fire and Ice has a little more love due to the drawing cards. But I feel like Fire and Ice digs me, like, is responsive. Oh, I need card advantage. I need answers. I need to kill people's things. Whereas Feast and Famine, and we play a lot more with uh, the, like he said, kind of competitive, but not really anyone's at competitive power level because of the negative points in our Commander League. Feast and Famine feels a lot better because doubling up my mana in such a way that doesn't cost me points, and at the same time, getting to look at the one person at the table that I know is going to make a not-a-fun game and tax them a card every turn, I think would be very important. I do have to give a lot of love to this card because I... In my opinion, again, with the box-topper art, I do have to say it is my favorite sword again. With this kind of stuck in a log, and you can kind of see Death and Decay cascading in one direction off to the left, and there's just this lush growth... And you can kind of see some fungus grabbing up to that side of the sword. I like it a lot. Uh, And I'll have to admit, my love for it probably comes from actually opening two inventions of Feast and Famine back in the day. So, happy the swords are back. 
it's probably my favorite one at this point, and just kind of excited as one of these scum lords who bought VIP packs to potentially get that. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy the cycle's back, and Feast and Famine is... Feast and Famine's really good. Anything that lets you... I mean, I, I almost hate to say it, because it's... Not, anything that lets you double up on your mana is also just yeah. huge. Like, <laughs> like, I know that's not why this one was picked, but, like, because they just put the cycle in here, and not all of them do that, but, like, Feast and Famine does let you double up on your mana by using it, hitting something, and then using your mana again. Yeah. But it's just real... I mean, it's good. It is one of the best swords. That and Fire and Ice. Per, the protection, especially in Commander, the green and black protection feels very relevant. So many people... Like, green is played all the time. Black is pretty popular. You're only at that like, point basically worried about uh, Blasphemous Act killing your dude. Yeah, and like, as far as... Even with that, like, with Feast and Famine, as far as point removal goes, like... Other than the big red wraths like Blasphemous Act and Chain Reaction, the two toughness is going to put a lot of your creatures out of remo- like red removal range too. Mm-hmm. So it has like yeah. half red protection anyway. <laughs> Still get path like a boss, but that happens you anyway. Do. That happens yeah, in response play- to equip. Yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> who's playing white? It's- like, come on. It seems to be that once you're at four toughness, a lot of times you're safer from a lot of the removal stuff. Yeah, red in such a way. Red caps out a lot on three. There's a few that hit four, but yeah, there's like a some kind of wrath, and uh, I think it was Theris Beyond Death that deals four to all creatures and all planeswalkers. Yeah, so four you're pretty safe. I'd say five you're reaching the realm of use real removal on me. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Comet storm me, bro. Okay. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, the swords swords are always always good. I mean, heck, any time we build a deck, I think we at least consider one of the swords. So, and this is a good one, indeed. Um, so, Leo, what's your number two pick? My number two pick is Brutaclad, the Telcor Engineer. For a red and a blue, for a 4-4 legendary artifact creature artificer, uh, not fit on that type line because it doesn't fit, is 100% mer. He's It's a mer. Like, <laughs> you can look at... That is a very Phyrexianized mer right there. Uh, but anyway, his the rest of the text box is creature tokens you control have haste, notably only the tokens. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of combat on your turn, you create a 2-1 blue mirror artifact creature token. Then you may choose a token you control. If you do, each other token you control becomes a copy of that token. Hmm. It does not say, this is very important for this card, because I have a lot of fun and I do a lot of, yeah. I've done silly things with this card. It does not say all of your creature tokens become a copy of that token. It says Indeed. all of your tokens. Of note, there are a lot of cards, especially in red and blue, that let you make uh, treasure tokens, tokens and clue yeah. tokens, all sorts of little tokens that get you know tossed around that aren't even creatures. You just sit there like a brass's bounty. The turn after you play this can give you, <laughs> even if you're not like ramping and you're just hitting a land drop every turn, that's a treasure token for each land you have. Um, and Sure, a lot of the times that the tokens that decks make are 
like a small, like generic creature. But there are a lot of ways to make a token copy of a creature you control. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, uh, notably one of them, because this goes right into that deck, is the next card I'm going to talk about. But there's a lot of ways to do it, like Flame Shadow Conjuring, Twin Flame, all sorts of those things that make a token copy of a creature you control. And if you take a creature like, I don't know, Inferno Titan, and say, I'm going to make all of my creature tokens, or all of my tokens in play, a copy of this, and then rumble in with, you know, a half dozen Inferno Titans, you're probably going to win that game. Or if you have a Magmatic Force, or any of the forces really, like Verdant or the Tidal, any of those that um, at the beginning of each upkeep have an effect, because these... The other thing on here, it doesn't change them back. It doesn't say until end of combat or end of right. turn. <laughs> it just says, hey, all of these tokens are now a copy of this other token instead, and they stay that way, even if Brutaclad yeah. goes away. So you can sit there and be like, yeah, I'm going to have this thing that lets me bolt something at the beginning of each upkeep, or tap or untap something at the beginning of each upkeep. Now I'm going to have a dozen of them. You're going to win that game real hard. Or you're gonna have to. Your opponent's gonna have to find an answer real quick. It's I. I love this card. There's so many silly little things. Like he's expensive, but the creature tokens having haste is nice. Like it's I like this card a lot. And it's one of my little red blue artifact buddies that does a lot of cool things in a lot of decks. And you just on top of that, I love. I cannot wait for the return to new Phyrexia. I love Legendary Mirror, even if this isn't a Mur, He's a Mur. you can tell. Look at him. Like, it, it's a Mur. Yes. Just everything about this card I enjoy so much. <laughs> hmm. Okay. He's an artificer. Like, come on. Yo. I like the green inside of him for some reason. Yeah, they, that, like, green fire, like, Phyrexian-ness is... Is dope. Mm -hmm. They have corrupted the mirrors. Oh, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit. And they were already good. <laughs> Alright. Um, so for my number two pick, um, I have probably the least playable card of all of these things that we're going to talk about tonight, but I just love it anyways. Uh, Liege of the Tangle which is six and green green uh, for a creature elemental with trample. Uh, whenever Liege of the Tangle deals combat damage to a player, you may choose any number of target lands you control and put an awakening counter on each of them. Each of those lands is an eight, eight ele green elemental creature for as long as it has an awakening counter on it, period. They're still lands. I like the idea of like a late, a game going out, late and sort of stalling and being like all right here's leads of the tangle and people are like sure why not well, i can't all right all right i now have 1580 <laughs> like find a way to get this across the board it's like i now have 1588s come at me bro like <laughs> i like this idea for like those long stalemate sort of like uh creature games that i end up in a lot um i have i have a special thing in, uh a special like i don't know i've always wanted to make a really good elemental deck too mm -hmm. and this thing 
is extremely on the top end of the curve for the for that you know for those ideas but i like the idea of just like that that shift of like okay now my lands are also the creatures too mm-hmm. let's do this of course that opens them up to board wipes and that kind of thing too but i mean i feel like this is sort of like a gambit as well it's like okay the lands are going to come after you very um zendikar in oh in in that aspect very much. I I have um, a lot of personal fondness for this card because back in that in the set when it was released, because it's actually like it looks very Zendikar, but it's a, I believe it's a Scars of Mirrodin card. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, um, it's not Zendikar. In that like back that was back when I was just playing sat, casual sixty card all the time. One of my friends had a deck that was just green white, and all it did was it ramped into Leech of the Tangle really quickly hit you, mm. turned all the lands into 8-8s, and then it played four copies of Terra Eternal, which is a three-mana white enchantment yeah. that gives all of your lands indestructible. It's all and lands, you just, have, just yours. <laughs> yeah, and you just you just beat down with indestructible 8-8s on, like, I think the earliest they ever hit me was he played out the liege on turn four, hit me the next oh. turn, and then tapped, like, tapped a couple lands for Terra Eternal, hit me, animated all the lands and i'm just like well there's like eight lands that are eight eights in play that are indestructible um i'm gonna die i guess i scoop like, <laughs> like i am yeah. i am up a greek like i remember My, uh... i just distinctly remember playing that playing down across him in a mat like in between math classes in high school with that it was a good time <laughs> <laughs> that's cool yeah this this card speaks to my my utter casual heart for magic. I understand it's way too high cost for this thing to come out with little protection, because like, and then also that late a game. I mean, it has trample, but like, a lot of times you it's going to get controlled in some way, or they're going to have enough blockers maybe. But like, my my casual heart just loves this for the fact of like, okay, you know, we've been we've been beating at each other for turns now. I'm about to turn up the volume. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can keep up. It's like, a... I, I love it. It's a Timmy card. It's a big, dumb Timmy card. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm a Timmy. I don't oh, know. Did, I don't you, you definitely are. I am? Okay. I don't From remember everything you've said. For the, uh, everything we've said. It's a, you're a, you like the big, dumb stuff. It's great. Hit the biggies. Well, make the good stuff I, happen. I, I always I always preface this. I don't like calling them dumb because I like cards that do things, right? True. I don't like I don't Fair. like a like a fifteen fifteen that is just a fifteen fifteen. Like that's not interesting to me. I want to see some sort of interaction or that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, and I always say that the 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 most high minded interaction is combat because you in commander because you have to know when to attack, when to keep up blockers. Because it's not just a one-on-one. <laughs> I you, you gotta play the politics. You gotta. Oh man, I this is one of those cards. I love politics. I most of my decks anymore are built with some amount of like, okay, what is my what is my political strategy for this deck in mind? <laughs> like, am I going to like do I sit and make myself look like not a threat early? Do I like is this a deck that I need to make bargains with? Like. I'm I'm always an immediate threat. That's my problem. Is I just I go hard and fast. And hey, sometimes that's the sometimes that's the po- the politic you have to have. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to go fast, and I will 
offer a deal to people to keep them in play once I've put my put them in a threatened position. Well, it goes to our, yeah. our normal stance of the mono-blue control player in the commander pod should be set to 10 life and then ignored. <laughs> exactly! Because everything is mm-hmm. now too dangerous for them to go too far. Exactly. Yep. I'm more set to 2 life. That's that's the threshold I want them at. I mean, keep it's them like... In- Keep him in bolt range. I want range. to be able to. I, I want to keep you in lightning bolt range. Oh, like I, I just just put him at one. No fetch lands. <laughs> no fetch lands. Or uh, what's the what's the ones that you drop and you can pay like pay two life to shock lands immediately. Yeah. Yep. Shock lands. Yeah. No shocking. Yeah. No shocking yourself. No. Mm-mm. You can't have mana. I just think it's like really that. hilarious if someone that's at one life because you kept them at one life and they go through everything. Like, no responses, right? No responses, right? Goes like, okay, and I win. But with that trigger on the stack, check out this really cool card called Gutshot. Gutshot! Gutshot! That's definitely one of my <laughs> my goals at some point, to make sure I have a deck that has Gutshot and be able to actually Gutshot somebody while they try to combo. Have, yeah, have or uh, Grapeshot will do it as well, right? Sure, but Gutshot... Has the Phyrexian red cost, so you could you don't even have to mana open. You can be tapped out as long as you have three life, so you don't die paying the cost. Right. That's also true. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Well, that's my number two. So your final card of the night, Darth. I want to wrap around because I was looking for a card and I didn't want to talk about it without knowing the name when we were talking about Brutaclad. But I had a pretty funny story of a game that happened. I had a friend that played Brutaclad for a little while and coveted Jewel was Ooh. something he made copies of. So Coveted Jewels, a six-drop artifact, um, came from... Oh, I'm looking at the Mystery Booster, booster printing, but it came from one of the Commander sets the past couple years. Yeah. Enters a battlefield, draw three. It taps for three mana of any one color. Whenever one or more creatures the opponent controls attacks you and aren't blocked, that player draws three and gains control of the jewel and untaps it. So it was this really cool mind game of playing the jewel, making a copy of it, getting tons of tokens... Making everything into a jewel. So if you attacked them, you actually drew out. <laughs> you can't be attacked because there were too many draw triggers. <laughs> so That's great. It was great. Like hilarity wise, I'm pretty spot on. But I'm I'm a fan of this. So we will wrap around to an artifact for my last pick. Again from a com- recent commander set. We have Endless Atlas. Two of any mana for an artifact. Pay two, tap it, draw a card. Activate this ability only if you control three or more lands with the same name. And we have some flavor text. Guarded by cartographers. Disdained by warlords. Coveted by adventurers. And I just like this nod towards... There's all these amazing multicolor nonsense and artifact cards to have no cost... There's no opportunity cost to playing your, you know, soul rings and stuff in your multicolor decks. And there's just this, okay, monocolor decks, or maybe even just a two-color deck that can reliably get to three forests, potentially. Here's something. Here's a piece of advantage. You know, it's the right cost of, you can play it on two mana, and on three mana, theoretically, you can meet the requirement. So I just think it's really cool. Just a little thing that, for a little while had a little bit of value and it got re I think it got reprinted in mystery booster potentially, but 
And, uh... It's just a card I like. I'd like to see more people play it. It has a place, and I'm, I'm not really excited in certain... Mostly, like, mono-blue decks that just mindlessly play Preordain and Brainstorm. And, sure, if you're playing fetch lands, this card's going to be very powerful, but I want to see a little more variety out of advantage. I don't want to have to groan because every time I play against a blue deck, I just know they have Rhystic Study. Mm-hmm. Sure. I I mean, I like the card for a lot of the same reasons you do it. Spe- very specifically, I build a lot of monocolored decks, and this is the... It's priced right, especially for like mono-white decks, to not feel bad playing it. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that need it the most. Oh, yeah. Snow-covered plains can be the name of the land. <laughs> it can, in fact, be the name of the land. Um, True. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to see more of it. I'm some of it is also to myself excited to think and maybe rework decks to play some of this because I know it feels good. Because uh, what is something that's kind of similar? Oh, it's land. From a core, uh, if you have a dude with at least four power, you can pay three, tap it, and draw a card. Uh, I, know what I, I, I don't know. But anyway. Oh, it's the Bonders Enclave. That land. So it's, in some way, similarly powered. I mean, we played in a three-color deck with the Ghidorah slash Eluna deck. Yeah. And, you know, the amount of times that piloting that deck... That okay, I have things in my hand, I have interaction, I have that land in play, cool. Draw a card, pass. Like, yeah. As good as that is felt in a three color deck with blue and green, I just, I guess I'm psyching myself up for how good I will feel utilizing the Atlas would actually be. Mm. I. I can see it feeling as like in a, especially in a control deck because leaving up the two mana to tap and draw is not a huge opportunity cost at all. Yeah, and I play uh, my mono blue deck for a long time has been uh, Kefnet, the uh, original rendition of him that you can pay Ooh. for to draw a card. So yeah, this would early this would game that definitely that. feels like it's gonna flex some muscles when I'm not wanting to have to pay sets of four. Yeah, even even curves into Kefnet really well. No, that has the one weird downside of I almost never want to cast a spell before I cast my commander, because the you have to have seven cards or more in hand in order for him to attack or block. So at times yeah. it is really convenient to just be able to go island, 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 commander. Yeah, I have a five five that is indestructible. I block really well. Yeah, no, that that is true. So, yep, that's my last pick. Okay. Uh, And then, Leo, what's your final one? I'm going to try really hard not to wax poetic about this card, but uh, (laughs) it might be difficult. (laughs) Um, Riku of Two Reflections is two, a green, a blue, and a red for a 2-2 legendary creature, Human Wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may pay a red and a blue. If you do, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay a green and a blue. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Mm -hmm. Riku was in the very first set of commander decks 
uh, released to the public that, you know, changed the name from EDH to Commander that signaled Wizards initial, you know, heavy support of the format rather than just it being a community thing. Riku was in that first set of decks, I want to say, in 2011. I think so. I have had a Riku deck since that that deck came out. It has... It's grown. It's evolved. Uh, I was gifted a set of the of the revised duels for this deck <laughs> be, because I have played Riku all the time. There's multiple people who have my picture in their phone for their contacts as Riku of Two Reflections. I really love this card. <laughs> <laughs> I I have right now a single Riku deck, but I, at times, and soon to be again, have had two Riku decks built at the same times so that I have two versions of him. Hmm. The, this, you can straight up say, this is one of my favorite cards. I love this thing so much. The The things you can do, the amount of, of math I know on how spells work off the top of my head when they're copied, I can give you the formula that you need to know on whether it's worth it or not to copy an X spell. I can give you a list of great creatures to copy with him, including my favorite buddy, Inferno Titan. Brutaclad <laughs> is in the creature version of Riku. Um, I have hmm. the Riku, ver- Riku deck that we have pulled together, that I have put together right now is a spell. It's an almost exclusively spells Riku deck. They're Riku and they're a Riku. And I want to say there are three creatures in the deck outside of Riku. There's a small handful of non-creature permanents. Mostly Soul Ring, a few of the enchantments that copy spells, um, and sure. a couple other things that really do well triggering. And then it is a pile of instants and sorceries. I have to I have to politic with it, but it's really easy to politic with it when you can just look people dead in the eye and say, I have a ten untapped mana on turn five. You do not want to attack me. <laughs> I promise. It mm-hmm. mm, I the ability to copy spells with him is great. Like, he's in Teamer Colors, so you have spell-based ramp, and then when you copy that spell-based ramp, you just pull so far ahead of other players, it's not even funny. You can copy spells that copy things. Um, you can copy mm-hmm. X spells like Comet Storm. It's really easy to just burn an entire table out with a Comet Storm when you can subtract two from the X to double what that amount would be, hitting everyone. Mm-hmm. He's also a 5-mana 2-2. I don't know why. All of my favorite commanders are 5-mana 2-2s. It's really weird. <laughs> like, him, Endrixar, uh, Sheree. Like, there's all these 5-mana 2-2s that I just end up gravitate, gravitating towards. It's the dumbest thing, but it doesn't matter. Like, they have to be squishy. Otherwise, they'd be too good. Yeah. Like, even, even the lore behind it. This is a guy that wanted to learn so many things. He figured out how to split himself in two so that he could learn two things at once. Like... This is this is a vaguely Asian looking mage after my own heart. He gets me <laughs> deep inside. <laughs> um let me ask you this. Have you ever used it along with a shadow flame? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, okay, so for teamer, I'm gonna create two copies. Now one of them has to go away, but at the end of the turn, but yeah. The creature version has Flame Shadow Conjuring as one of them. Um, I've actually played it. I don't do it right now, but I've played it with Sneak Attack by Ooh. being like, all right, I'm going to pay one red for this creature. 
I'm going to pay a green and a blue to get a token copy of it. The original, yeah, it's going to die. But I just paid three mana for, you know, an eight mana creature that also got yeah. a second copy of it to attack that turn. Oops, my bad. It's Jeez. at instant speed. It's the t- it's one of those times when sneak attack and being able to be activated all the time is really good. Yeah. It's like, oh, I activate sneak attack on your turn. Yes, I'm sure I want to do that. <laughs> you, great. you can do silly stuff like evoke a Moldrifter, pay the original cost for Moldrifter of like five and draw four cards instead of drawing two and you still end up with a 2-2 flyer in play it, it's the like I said I have had uh, I have had a Riku deck put together forever I have never taken my Riku decks truly apart in over uh, the Riku deck that is spell based has not been taken apart truly taken apart in seven years. Nice. nice. It has been adjusted. It has been tweaked. The list has been meticulously combed over multiple times. Um, it has been handed to other people at events. One of our friends <laughs> played it, came back, handed it to me and said, I, you should not have given me this. I feel like a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a dead, there's a comic strip of Deadpool with a machine gun where he's just screaming. Oh God, why? What have I done? I'm sorry. And that is the most accurate description that he has ever given me of how he felt playing the deck at a fairly casual point. Because it's not a it's not a competitive deck. It's powerful, but it's not competitive. Right. It like if I sit down at CDH, I'm going with this deck, I'd get slaughtered. But it's very at the top level of casual stuff. And when yeah. I can hand it to this guy who's never played it before, and he comes back like, "What did you do? You were a monster." I'm like, "This is what I, this is what this deck is for." <laughs> Yeah, mm. uh, Darth here has a lot of decks that it's like, I and mean, he's talked about bringing out Sylvana, yeah, to, Sylvala. to some games because, or Savala, sorry, I, um, Sylvala because like we have some problem players in our league that just sort of like because people like to play casually, they just like to sort of rival stomp everybody with their like pseudo competitive deck, but they're not good enough to sort of pilot them right, yeah, a lot of the time, so. Darth always jokes around about bringing his Savala and just like, all right, let me teach you how to play. <laughs> Let's play some magic, boys. Yeah, it's, it's always about <laughs> attitude. You know, when we sit down in our commander league, it's really nice because, you know, we have people who will forget to activate a soul ring to be able to cast something. So yeah. we're, we're not asking for people to be perfect. People hang around, play magic. You know, we're we're in a, I'd say, small-ish area where we live. So, you know, we have a commander league of sixteen people at most. It seems recently. So I don't yeah. expect to sit down yeah. in every game to have to play against someone that's like, okay, I've generated seven mana on turn two. Are, are we ready for the combo that wins the game? No, I play the tap land. I'd like to play. <laughs> <laughs> I played a tap land. This one's the fancy kind that gives me one life. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that is probably my favorite deck to play there has been my Lucky Charms deck that's five colors, and it got, you know, in quotation marks, a big upgrade with the uh, Triomes. Like, I don't even play Fetch Lands. Yeah. So just having more Tri Lands because I'm want, I want to be able to move between casting a Sultai Charm to having cast a Boros Charm the turn before. Like, yeah. You know, we, we're there to have fun, but you get people that had a mana dark on turn one, cast a three mana commander, and on turn four somehow are threatening to kill somebody at the table. 
and that's all they ever do. And I kind of have this, I don't know, listing of people that if all I have to do to make sure you lose every game is on two mana, I sinkhole you, and on three mana, I doomlade your commander. It's saddening and very dissatisfying when you win games because I know it's that fragile and I just, you know, expecting interaction out of our play group is very naive, I think, (laughs) at this point. (laughs) That's one way to put it. I will agree, like, part of Riku's existence has, there's been some amount of gentleman's agreement that I don't bust him out too often and some amount of... I have made our playgroup better by making them pack a little more interaction, and Riku has survived fewer turns cycles around the table than he used to, because he's a five mana two two. Yes, shock kids. De- <laughs> yes, the deck the deck has also evolved to be very resilient, not needing Riku. But I mean, that's fine. I do have a really, like really good story. Um, it's been several years ago. I went back and tried to make sure I've, I, at some point, have owned a sealed copy of each commander deck that's ever been made. So, yeah, one year my Christmas to myself was buying the original five, and at that point yeah. it was you know hundreds of dollars. But when I started playing with uh, the group that we play D and D with on Thursdays, I was mm-hmm. like, well, the decks I've built feel a little too stomping on the throat when I explain I can. Remove a counter from Gov, make a sapling, block Zergo before damage, sack the sapling. I don't take damage, and Zergo doesn't gain a counter. The point that that was a heated discussion, I was like, oh no. I'll bring one of the precons. So Riku is the one that I opened up. Ooh, and my no. five mana 2 2 never lived around around the table. And I had to that, look at them like, you do you realize I am playing a precon? Because you're that scared of me. (laughs) So I got to, after Riku cost more than 9 mana, gloriously cast my 8 drops. (laughs) That were like (laughs) 6 sixes in the base deck. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, hey, that was the deck that had Magmatic Force in it. You did have your 8 mana 5-5 that bolted every upkeep. Oh, I did not get there. I just remember playing like... Okay, I bounced a few things, but we just had a board wipe, so I was literally just playing an 8-mana 6-6 blocker, because <laughs> I'd been so abused. <laughs> that sounds about right. That precon was a little all over the place, but it gave me some... It gave you some good cards. Omnath also came from that. Also a card that I very much enjoy. That's a card I very much hate, because of one of those problem players. Yeah, the mono green. Yeah. Talking about the, the mono green one. I haven't been allowed to build an Omnath deck for seven years, so <laughs> I get I get that. A, a good hook for that is, uh, at some point, we'll do another episode on uh, the new Zendikar Rising set, but I don't know that the release date is set now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it has might have shifted, so. So we'll do that. We'll get there eventually. Quarter four? Yeah. Because I, I looked at the main... You know, the actual website, and it just says quarter four. <laughs> no, sorry, Omnath was, I'm not meaning Omnath was in that set, it was Animar, but Omnath is also a problem. And Omnath mm-hmm. will be in Zendikar. I'm waiting, I'm, I'm waiting for Zendikar Rising to have the four color Omnath, so that the next time we see Omnath after that, it's the five color one. So, just keep yeah, adding. Yeah, the artwork has where he white. has the yellow arm? Oh yeah, no. We're thinking it's white. Yeah. Uh, we're thinking he added that'd white. That would be good. 
they have shown I mean, artwork so for their uh, collector's boosters for the set, and it's Omnath, and you can clearly see a red, a green, a blue, and now a yellow slash white arm. Oh, heck yeah. Four-color Omnath. Let's go. I'm excited. Like, it's weird. I agree yeah. with some people we talked about. It's kind of weird to... Here's a four-color legend in a standard set. It's like, ah, the Nephilim were in standard at some point, so... Yeah, it's eh. the place to do it. Screw it. Why not? If he's a crazy, powerful commander card, and maybe he's like a 10-drop because awful reasons, and then he's not affecting standard. <laughs> Those games in before then. Yeah. We don't have energy to cast him on turn four. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So, I'm excited for that. Don't really know how long it's going to be, and like I said, I'm... I still have the excitement, probably, from the recording of this, probably a week, maybe a week and a couple days to get VIP packs I ordered, and honestly, I was a little miffed at first that there are a few not-rares that are the box-topper variants, but the reality is Brainstorm's the only one I'm really down on, just because I feel like it is a little overplayed in Commander, and I don't necessarily feel like having a shiny brainstorm will bring me happiness. Whereas, you know, the Tron lands, which we talked about, Tron always will play for shiny things. That's something that yeah. can sit and play, and I can just be like, I have a shiny thing, playing my colorless Traxos commander deck. Yep. Alright, um, so we'll move on to my last one then. We left off with yours, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Uh, it was a long... <laughs> yeah, we got... <laughs> I said it was not wax poetic. I lied. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're allowed to talk... I mean, I talked a little bit about a card I didn't pick, which is one of one of my favorite Hydras, which is yep. Savage Born. But, like, I don't know. I don't feel there's a lot to say about that card. It's just good. Like, <laughs> it's just for a Hydra, at least. Um, so my, my final pick is a very off off uh i don't know brand for me which is well of ideas i was five and a blue um so it's an enchantment uh and it says when well of ideas enters the battlefield you draw two cards uh then it says at the beginning of uh each player's draw step that player draws an additional card and then at the beginning of your draw step draw two additional cards so one of the things that uh, I actually like that Darth here plays a lot is group hug. Um, because part of it is I won't play group hug because this is not my style. But I see through the veil that is the BS of, of, of group hug. It's everyone's getting advantage. So you're not going to come after me. But I'm always having that little bit more advantage, right? I always have that little bit extra. And you're just, it's going to pile up turn after turn, right? And the Well of Ideas is like that, but with drawing cards. And I like this because if I were to ever play a group hug deck, this is the kind of group hug that I would play. It's like, everyone's getting cards, I'm getting more. In fact, the first time it happens to get back to my turn, I am getting three more (laughs) than each of you. (laughs) So... I don't know. I just like it as a uh, as the fact that what what attracted me to it. It's an enchantment that says I'm going to draw two cards anyways. Like, yeah, it's a lot of mana. It's six mana to draw two cards, but it's also two cards. Like, 
you get you get advantage out of it, and then it keeps continuing to to pull some card advantage out for you. Card advantage is a concept that uh, took me a long time to get get around to, because my my mentality was okay. I don't care that you're drawing cards. I'm going to kill you. Like that was, and that works for for decks like Xenagos, right? Yeah. It was like you're going to draw all the cards you want. I still have Xenagos on the field, and there's not a lot you can do to take care of them. I know. <laughs> like. <laughs> So every turn, you're going to get at least a 5-5 coming across as a 10-10, unless you can counter it every time, which I don't think you can. Like, that was sort of the idea of the deck uh, when I built, built Xenagos, is it was just tired of getting countered. It was like, okay, now everything's a threat. You possibly cannot have enough counters to counter literally everything in my deck. Like, and that's the way I took it for a long time. Um, but, you know, as I've... I'm not really. I've been playing Magic for years. Like, uh, when would you say I got really into it, Darth? Like, it was Return to Zen. Uh, not uh, it was the 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 second. Return to Ravnica, pretty much. Return to Ravnica is where I, where I've really got into Magic. I, we had played off and on since seventh edition. Like, I have seventh edition cards and Odyssey cards and stuff, but we never really got in into it that much. Yeah, we were you got into middle it a lot- school just playing around, not really having anyone to play with except for me and you. Right. And I, I don't remember. We got in arguments over stupid rule stuff because we didn't understand. There wasn't people to teach It didn't us. feel very clear Classic. that clearly an enchant creature is an enchantment at that time. <laughs> 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 right. yeah. That says destroy enchantment. This doesn't say that word. Uh, yeah. yeah. Those are the good days. Squeaker so, magic. Uh, yeah, so I don't know this, this card. I, I like it for the fact that it's just like, okay, if I were if I were to build a group hug deck, I, I think that this is one of the cards that I would keep an eye out for and actually put in there. What colors? What I would do for a group hug deck? I don't know. Uh, but I, no, like I said, I, I am trying to what. <laughs> Play a like a I'm commander listening. that's almost exclusively played in competitive, and then a couple turns later, you True play God. like a temple bell, and they're like, "What are you doing?" What he passed on the first two turns, then he played a temple bell, and then he played a well. I am so confused. Like Mormir Vig comes out as one of the ones that would be really hilarious to like sidestep and play as a group hug. Play a zombie, mono blue a zombie group hug. I can see you it. Darth has a mono blue group hug he's doing lately. Which which one? That's Kefnet. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah, Kefnet. I mean, things like Well yeah. of Ideas really good for you know that type of stuff, and also Well of Ideas having the ETB to draw two cards does get around its like the usual downside of a lot of those cards that add an additional card to each draw step, like Howling Mine. Yeah. That you're the yeah. last one to get the like you spend it. Each other player gets to draw their card, and then you get to draw your first card off of it. This, you know, it pays you back immediately. Yeah, and that's nice. And that's something I've always kind of... Like, it it feels bad, the games that people are like, we're not interested in group hugging. Everyone here is close to being in the points lead at this league. So, I'm going to draw a card, one bonus card, and I'm going to use that bonus card to destroy the Howling Mine. Aww. You're like, why? Why would you do that? This This was my gift for you and everyone. Stop breaking the toys. 
But I've missed how many weeks of the league, and I'm still like in what sixth or seventh. Yeah, you missed two. Well, you we've yeah we both missed the first week, and then you've missed two in a row now. Yeah, so I missed three weeks, and I'm still in the top eight. So, <laughs> well, when there's like thirteen participants, though, that that means something different than if there were sixty four. <laughs> true, very true. Look, first is still, still technically there. first, but I'm still there. Well, that feels like um, what was it? Um, ooh, I'm trying to think of the set. It might have been Aether Revolt. It was either Aether Revolt or Kaladesh back when uh, game day was still a thing. And yeah. it has it has a little asterisk on the event, must fire. Because normally you can be like, okay, we can't really fire FNM draft because you really need eight people to draft. More is fine, but you really need eight people. So with that being a must fire, there is a... And I'm pretty sure it was Kaladesh because the... Playmat, the the winner's playmat was Nissa, and everyone agreed that made no sense for the artifact plane. And it was me and two other people. And I will say, oh, no. we definitely determined who was the winner, wink, by Games of Magic, wink. Because we basically, everyone got a buy and everyone had to play each other. And every game... You technically did. So each person won... Won one of their games, 2-1. And lost one of their games, 1-2. So, player win percentage, exactly equal. Opponent win percentage, exactly equal. I, as someone who has run tournaments, who has entered nonsense into war, that hurts my head. So, we were discussing what to do, and we, we come to a an agreement that made sense for everybody involved. But we were asking, so what do we do? I was like, well, it did order them one, two, three, but why did it do that? Like, well, my first name starts with a C. That's my expectation <laughs> of why I'm that, listed first. Yeah, that, like legitimately in war, that's if you're all equal all across, that's probably what it would be. So that was it's special. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Oh, like like we thought well, when I thought we were ending, you know, we'll we'll talk about Zendikar at some point. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. still get Commander Masters this year, which questioning if it's I'm, going to be this year now. I'm questioning if it's gonna be this year, but I'm also like I'm also very much questioning what's gonna be in it because this set kind of felt like a Commander Masters set. Well, I do know there's been the True. whatever the I, I thought it meant the new legendary creatures, but at least 70-some-odd legendary creatures in this set. So, if nothing oh, yeah. else, even if half of those are reprints, it's still very exciting to get a ton of legendary creatures, and maybe new even deck archetypes can come up. And I'm just... As much as I was excited to play Jumpstart, and we played through one of the boxes of Jumpstart, that is something yeah. that, in theory, I'm super excited to actually sit down with people, you know, when the world allows it. I yeah, draft like, these I've commander played, decks. Yeah, I've played, like, different versions of, like, a commander cube, and I'm really interested to see whatever their... whatever their variant type, like, draft variant type thing for commander masters or commander legends is going to be. 
Like I think it'll be I think it'll be fun. We just need to see what it is and get there. Yeah. How it works. Yeah. And I I don't know that we'll really have another set to talk about this year. I think the not really a real set, but the favorite commander cards green that might actually get pushed to next year about this point too it seems yeah i know they have that up in the air is it's released now the yeah whatever you whatever it was called but like i know what you're talking about the like commander green cards thing yeah so yeah i don't know we'll see yeah well that's uh that's a wrap for Dublay Masters, so I guess uh, I guess we'll we'll see on the next set at some point, whenever that is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, coming on. This is Four uh, Twenty. You can catch me at Hunters Up Pod. Um, we're, we're doing a weekly show. We're doing the the weekly D and D game when it can fire. We we had to skip a week. Um, we're going to have some D&D monster talk coming up soon. And then also uh, Bickering Bucks is, you know, the replacement for side quests is, is, is on its way. Um, I have finished the game that we're talking about, which is Final Fantasy VII. I am waiting on the other guys to finish it. Um, I think the guy that's the furthest behind is in Chapter Eight, which is quite a ways out, but we'll see. Maybe they pick up the steam. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's, that's it for me. Um, Leo, where can we find you? Well, you can find me at the Leo riser on Twitter. And, uh, as far as social media presence, that's about it. Uh, you actually can also start finding me on channel fireball. I've started writing commander articles there that go out every other week. So go and check those out. I guess, uh, the most recent ones are me proving that I can wax poetic about Riku (laughs) twice. Yeah. Twice yeah. over, I I wrote you, an article for the spell Riku and an article article for Creature Riku for double the Riku for double the masters. Nice, nice. You hear that, people? We had Leo before it was cool to have Leo. Suck that <laughs> channel fireball. <laughs> Kidding. There, it's good content. <laughs> um, and uh, Darth. Where can we not find you? Oh wait, just in the Discord. Um. Um. Oh, one one thing I will will say. Um. If anyone's listening, uh, do look us up for the Discord. Uh, if you're into Monster Hunter or other games, we've been trying to play Monster Hunter pretty much almost every night. Um. Includes you, Leo. I know you are you're not around too often. I know you play the game. So what do you even play it on? I don't even uh, know. I played on PS4. I actually haven't. So I've been in my house for we're coming on a year pretty soon and I have not actually hooked my PS4 up since we moved in. <laughs> no, that, that makes sense. I, I, I have I, it I on understand. Steam. I actually don't even have Iceborne on Steam yet. I just have Base Monster Hunter. Okay. But, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah. now. What's what I was doing before we were recording? I was farming high rank stuff because I yeah I haven't beat the story in Iceborne on PC any, anyway. But yeah, we're mostly on PS4. Uh, we've been helping out with people with the Latrian runs and yeah, all that stuff. I I may eventually pop back on. When I do, I'll be hopping the Discord. As far as other stuff in the Discord, like I'm real bad about keeping a lot of Discords muted or set to only at mentions. And uh, yep. if you do ping me, though, I sh- I will frequently pop into this Discord 
give drive-by advice on video games or magic and then disappear <laughs> into the night like a mysterious Spanish gentleman. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way most people are in this Discord, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> There's a couple of regulars, like obviously myself, uh, Ace is in there quite a bit, uh, Chrono. Uh, Darth is only there for the, the voice chat when we play. <laughs> See, like, Mossy pop oh, in, yeah. say, mention something, I'll just drive by, throw out, like, three three paragraphs about magic and then disappear again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll, we'll call it a night. Uh, kind of a shorter episode, but it's all reprints, so most of you guys know these cards anyway, so. Yeah. Swish. Have a good night. Alright, bye. Bye.